Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to uh, this latest episode of Vodcast. My name's Fern and uh, today I'm delighted to be joined once again with uh, Niall Neeson, aka The Karma Dentist. Hi Niall, you okay? Hi Fern, yeah thanks for having us back on again. Yeah, thanks for for coming back. Um, we were just saying, you know, it was like a year ago that we uh, last spoke and um, got to meet you and learn all about what you do. Um, so it's great, you know, to catch up again. Um, if you just want to introduce yourself to the listeners and just remind us who you are and what you do. So hi, is um, my name's Niall. I'm a dentist based at Boyne Dental in Navan in Ireland where I suppose I feel fortunate to have been allowed to really embrace my interest and my passion in, in helping people who experience dental fear, dental anxiety um, or dental phobia. I've designed and developed a service called Dental Fear Solutions there to, to help people um, and get quite a few referrals now too. Um, the other thing I do is post content on social media, on Instagram and Facebook uh, as The Calming Dentist. And I found that to be a really helpful way of connecting and communicating with people with dental phobia. It gives us a, an opportunity, I suppose, to provide people with a bit of an understanding as to why they feel the way they do. Um, allow them to see that they're not alone, that there are lots of people out there that feel the same way and give a few I suppose tools and, and tips to help navigate their their dental journey and make it as, as as smooth and as comfortable as possible and overall to give them hope and allow them to see that how they think and how they feel about the dentist can change and can evolve over time that's great uh, brilliant well today um we're, we're catching up really because there's mental health awareness week coming up and the theme this year is anxiety and, and one of the things that you you speak about a lot is um sort of dental anxiety um you know and, and our mental health how that affects us going to the dentist so i suppose to start with then um how is there a link i suppose between someone's mental health and going to the dentist and, and how does that affect someone yeah, there certainly is a link and the research backs that up as well. And I actually got interested in this topic because I noted just from my observations day to day that a lot of people with dental anxiety and, and a lot of dentists out there will, will um, have experienced this themselves. A lot of people, once you give them a comfortable visit or two, you know, the dental anxiety can sort of drift away and it, it isn't a big challenge for them anymore. But for others, you could be at appointment five, appointment six, and they're still coming in cowering in the in reception or, or still, you know, shaking from, from the anxiety. And I suppose noted a bit of a pattern that often those people who were still finding it difficult after a number of positive experiences, often that had a background where they, they had other challenges relating to, to their mental health. Um, so as I say, the, there's certainly a, a relationship there and the prevalence of both anxiety disorders and mood disorders are higher in the dentally anxious population than they would be in the general population, for example. And 
again, this would be no surprise to dentists out there who may have noticed a trend themselves of people who come in who, who are anxious about a dental visit, maybe also saying, you know, I'm a generally anxious person, you know, that this is this is me. Um, or maybe just noting on their medical history that uh, those people are, are taking antidepressants or, or anti-anxiety medication as well. What's interesting, though, to consider, I think, is that the interaction between dental anxiety and mental health can actually go both ways and it can result in a bit of a vicious cycle or spiral because of that. So I suppose if we consider Fern, somebody with dental fear, the common I suppose, behavior that, that you'd associate with that is to avoid the dentist. Um, now, over time, avoiding the dentist will lead to inevitably a deterioration of people's dental health and the teeth could maybe go a bit brown or unsightly or be covered in plaque and calculus and that. And naturally that will affect somebody's confidence and um, they can sometimes feel a bit ashamed or embarrassed about the appearance of the teeth and that then day to day they may begin to avoid social situations and um, at work they might avoid certain interactions and even in their personal relationships it can can avoid relationships or intimacy as well and I suppose if it's having that negative impact on their day-to-day -day, their social life their work life and their personal lives that's only going to impact negatively on somebody's overall mental health and well-being. And those emotions of, I suppose, shame and guilt and inferiority even can then compound that the dental fear and make it worse. They're maybe thinking, well, geez, look at the state of me now. I definitely can't go to the dentist now. And that then leads to further avoidance. And maybe if their mood's affected, that can affect their self-care. So they mightn't be looking after the teeth as well or, or brushing them as, as regularly as, as they used to. So then the deterioration accelerates as well. So it can really begin to spiral out of control. And, and our challenge, I suppose, is to, to aim to, to break that, that cycle where possible. That, and that's, that's one side of it. I suppose the other side of it is that there are lots of challenges people experience um, and situations uh, that, that can make people anxious that can also be encountered in the dental visit in, in the process of, of attending a dentist and it mightn't necessarily be a specific dental fear it could be social anxiety you know they, they may be anxious about the the social interaction of visiting the dentist and having to discuss things with the dentist um agoraphobia for example people can have a, a fear or be anxious about being trapped or not being able to to escape or, or seek help if they need to so sometimes you might notice people sort of staring at the door or, or you know looking nervously at the door and, and maybe trying to position themselves where they they, they could they have a, an exit, I suppose, um, for other people, it could be fear of a panic attack or, or panic disorder, you know, where people could be potentially living in fear of experiencing another panic attack. And that anxiety and all those what ifs can make a dental visit very challenging. They may be thinking, what happens if I have a panic attack in the middle of a filling and there's a big hole in my tooth and I just have to walk and, and get out of there? You know, what's, what's that? I'm going to be left in pain. And all those anxieties can be a, a huge barrier to dental care and, and to attending. And the, I suppose another big issue for people can be 
a loss of control and that that can be a huge element of people's dental fears and anxieties um and that can be particularly powerful for people who have experienced previous trauma uh, or uh, sexual abuse even for for example um that can be relevant i think it's something that we as dentists should always be open to in, in the back of our minds because it's the sort of thing that people often aren't particularly you know forward speaking about um understandably so understandably so it could be very difficult to, to to revisit that experience for people um but it's common it it is out there it affects a lot of people and will inevitably affect how they feel about a, a dental visit you know when you think about the situation we're so used to to, to dentistry and that, that environment we can sometimes forget the, you know the nature of the interaction we have a person lying back in a dental chair we're right in their personal space you know our fingers are in their mouth we've dental instruments in their mouth um and the mouth can, can be an intimate area and there's you know there can be can be water it can be difficult to can be difficult to, to breathe at times and it's so many so many challenges and potential triggers there that could make the whole thing incredibly difficult for for some people and so i think we should always you know keep an open mind in in relation to to making things as as I suppose smooth and, and as comfortable as possible in relation to not not dismissing people's anxieties or, or people's concerns you know give them space and and um allow people to take things at a, at a pace that, that that they're comfortable with wow there's there really is so many reasons why um you know a lot of people might be anxious going and you I, I you know you really underestimate um you know it's not just a simple case of oh I'm I don't want to go to the dentist I'm scared you know there are so many other reasons potentially why someone might not want to go and I personally know a few people who who feel like that um what what could someone sort of say uh, to a friend or a family member to encourage them to go and that actually is going to be okay yeah, that that that's a great question because, and this is one of the this is one of the challenges I suppose that I find is people who are in these situations and are almost actively avoiding the dentist. They won't be googling dental practices. They won't be looking for help in this. You know, they're they're deliberately burying their heads heads in the in the sand with it. So the support of the likes of a, a family member or a friend can be huge in opening the door here. Like, I think firstly, it's worth, it's always worth encouraging people to let the dentist know how you feel um, as, as much as they're comfortable to share, you know, and people don't need to get into details, but if they let us know how they feel and how big a deal it is for them, that will be enough for us to approach that interaction and that visit in you know in, in a certain way and um, so one thing I'd, I'd often encourage people if they just 
can't bear the thought of picking up a phone to book an appointment is to drop an email and um, you know put put down the the details of how they feel about it in an email and if they're on the lookout for you know an understanding compassionate dentist then why not copy and paste that and send that to 10 places and the nature of the response will tell that person a lot about the sort of place and the sort of dentist that you know is is answering um, and that can help guide them to to the right place and um, so i think that's certainly a, a really helpful exercise and some people actually find it quite therapeutic putting it down in in writing either in a letter or an email as well and um, the other big thing and again the research backs this up the other thing that could be hugely beneficial is considering support from psychological perspective and um, cbt cognitive behavioral therapy has been shown again and again to be really really helpful for this group of people um, and whenever there are challenges of maybe a background of anxiety or depression the great thing about cbt is yes it can make progress and reduce the level of dental anxiety that people experience but you can also make progress with the background of the anxiety and the depression as well so it can have these really positive benefits for overall well-being uh, as, as well as the dental side of it too so that that can sometimes be easier to um, consider because people could potentially make progress with their dental anxiety without even having to step foot in a dental practice you know they could have five or six sessions of of cbt with uh, with, with the psychotherapist and then build up to that point of being able to contact the dental practice and make that initial visit and start it from there no yeah that, they're great ideas and um you know it, I love the thing of, of writing the email, getting it down, um, and, but also just like talking about it, you know, whether it's to whoever, just actually communicating and starting that conversation and just being honest about how, you, how you're feeling, I think, you know. Yeah, big time. And, and often people are afraid to, to talk about it. And when they do talk about it, they realise, you know, there are five other people in the same office that feel exactly yeah. the same way. <laughs> yeah. um, and and that, that, can, that alone can be, can be helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that, that's great ideas. Um, so I suppose then from a practice perspective or a dentist perspective, um, what sort of um, things can you put in place then to um, help that uh, that patient that might be struggling or, um, you know, worried about coming into the practice? Yeah, look, I, I think it sounds simple, but I think... <laughs> The most important thing it comes down to a compassionate attitude towards dental anxiety and that open-mindedness you know be kind um, we've no idea what's going on in the background of people's personal lives so we're in no position to judge so certainly avoiding the sort of lecturing approach or the telling people off for not brushing their teeth well or telling them oh you haven't been in 10 years you know you, you know you should be here every six months like they they know that they know they shouldn't have left the 10 years they're already feeling guilty and embarrassed about that so there's no benefit in 
you know, and, and knocking them down further in that moment, you know, op- open the door to them um, start start from scratch, congratulate them for making it in the door. You know, that that's a big deal for them and, and that will immediately settle them. Um, and I think when it comes to the mental health side of it, I'd encourage dentists not to shy away from it um, you know, a- acknowledge it and just even letting them know that you get it, that that you know that that it can impact things, can can build rapport and will allow them to feel maybe more open to discussing things further and opening those channels of communication. And ultimately, the, the more they are willing to share, the easier it is for us to put a plan in place that will help them specifically you know we can tailor it to them specifically once we know their specific concerns and and, and triggers um yeah control i think control is is a huge part of it often that as i say that loss of control that, that we mentioned can be a big big part of the challenge for people and I'd always encourage giving people as much control as we can within reason. And I see this as being sort of three different elements I always explain to to patients. One is them having an input or a control, a degree of control over the plan, over the approach. So, you know, the, the pace they go at, the amount we do in each visit, spreading out visits, maybe the order of the appointments, get them involved and, and give them some degree of, of ownership and control over that progress. I'm a big fan of breathing exercises uh, and utilizing that tool. And I think we mentioned that in, in the previous podcast as well. But the reason I like this is Often people are lying back in the dental chair feeling helpless, feeling like they can't do anything to help themselves. But simple breathing exercises is something they can do by themselves, for themselves, to help themselves in in that moment. And it can work so well in physiologically settling the body around them to feel more calm. It can lower the heart rate, the blood pressure, can reduce those cortisol stress hormones. Um, and just make the whole process easier for them and it can be a good distraction for them to be focusing on as well you know I'd often ask people to focus on counting to four on the in-breath and six on the out-breath and by allowing that out-breath to last a bit longer it makes it more effective in, in settling things so if they're concentrating on counting to four and six then they're not thinking oh crap here comes now with a big needle coming you know uh, so that that can be a really helpful distraction technique and the third element of of control that's so important is having an established and effective stop signal and that can be as simple as the patient knowing that they can raise the hand at any stage if they want you to stop what you're doing and often we use this for um you know, let me know if anything's sore, if anything's uncomfortable, raise the hand. But for somebody with panic disorder or for somebody who's a survivor of, of abuse, they may just need a breather. They might just need a break. Um, you know, they might need to sit up for a moment, have a rinse, they may have a question. So having a way where they can just temporarily pause the, the visit is great for them to know and um, because that can be again a big source of those what ifs what if I 
need to stop and what if he's in the middle of something you know um so that's that that's important um yeah and i think being open to even mentioning or discussing the option of cbt for people you know sometimes patients can come in and they are so challenging um and there can be such a weight of an emotional challenge there sitting in front of us dentists can sometimes be thinking how the hell am i going to make progress here you know and if if there is a referral option within the dental circles yes you, you might consider that but you could also suggest the option of cbt it's something that i think as a profession we probably should and i'd imagine in the future we will be engaging more and more that that psychological support because the body of research coming out is getting stronger and stronger for it um and i am seeing it more and more um you know being discussed and having having that option is a really helpful thing to discuss with with, with a patient um you know mention that it's it's a psychological it's a talking therapy that aims to change unhelpful behaviors and, and beliefs um, and commonly provided by by psychotherapists psychologists sometimes dentists and dental nurses and hygienists can train in it as well and i suppose there are different centers in in the uk that that are are really progressing in that area and making progress with it that's a brilliant way of being able to break that cycle that, that I spoke about that that spiral of that interaction between dental anxiety and and mental health um, and if we can break that cycle then it has a positive impact not only on people's dental anxiety and dental health but their overall well-being and mental health and it can be an absolute game changer for that person definitely no uh great great advice in there as always and uh thank you for taking the time to share some of your uh, knowledge with us today uh hope to catch up again soon Thanks, Fern.